This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. All right. Good morning, everybody. Great to be here with you today, and great to be connecting with those of you that are online with us this morning. Uh, really, just fantastic. How is that worship this morning today? Isn't that amazing? Um, you know, usually when I wear my Indonesian shirt, I'm the most colorful, but I have to admit today that that did not happen, all right? So uh, I just absolutely love the worship. I feel refreshed, and I hope and pray that you do as well. You know, that last special number, you know, I just could have kept worshiping, right? You know, the Lord was really powerful. So thank you to the worship team and those, uh, you know, in that, that uh, choir there. It was just absolutely incredible. And what a great weekend this is. Um, and really, as I am a missions convention connoisseur and go to a lot of them around the United States, you guys have the best. All right? And I mean... I went on a boat ride yesterday. I mean, you know, you give boat rides to your missionaries. So, uh, you know, just fantastic. And so you have treated your missionaries with royalty. Thank you, Pastor Tom, Pastor Candy, for treating us so incredibly well. And not only for your generosity in these offerings and things, but throughout the year, you're, you're just your regular support to the missionary serving on the field is just absolutely super appreciated by us and by uh, the missions efforts around the world. So thank you and ha- hats off to you and give yourselves a big hand. If you're at home, you can clap too right at your house. It's okay. Now, before I get into the message, um, I brought some stuff, okay? So we got a table out in the back, a lot of missionary tables back out there. You can check those out um, later. But I, I just wanted to say, and by the way, those of you watching online, all of this stuff is available to get online as well at agwm.org. They have a store there. You can get it. But if you're here today, I got discounted stuff. All right. So um, uh, first of all, we've got some books uh, we've got a Go devotional. This is a 40-day missions devotional um, that if you're interested in missions, there's pastors, missionaries, stories about going, incredible things that are happening on the field, 40 days based on the resurrection to the ascension of Jesus. Uh, then we've got a book written about Revelation. It's not getting out of our missions lane. If you've never understood the book of Revelation, this is the book you want to get. It's kind of short. You can see it's not that big, long of a book, but you'll get an understanding of Revelation. And when you're a missionary, everything is about missions, including Revelation. So, and and based on what's happening, you definitely want to get this. Uh, My book is also there, Apostolic Spark. And if you don't like to read, we got fun stuff too. All right. So, um, we have a regional mascot and uh, this is a Malayan tapir. So, If you buy one of these, you will be the only person in Fort Lauderdale, along with a few friends here, that would have a Malayan tapir, okay? So if you've got like a teddy bear collection, you just have to have one of these. Um, The reason why you don't have a Malayan tapir is because it is an endangered species. And in order for kids to understand missions a little bit better, Toby talks about praying for endangered peoples. 
And endangered peoples are peoples who are in danger of never having heard the gospel of Jesus. So you want to get one of these? Everything I just mentioned is $5. So it's, you know, it's like a, a cup of Starbucks or coffee somewhere. So um, make yourself available to those things. And I'm going to put all this down. And we're going to dive into the, to the message this morning. You know, today we are talking about kingdom builders, and the reason why I'm here this morning is to talk about the faith promise part of kingdom builders. Now, uh, when we talk about faith promise, and, you know, there's good news, you know, here today, and that is that, you know, you've given an offering of tithes, you've given an offering in the bucket, you've given an offering in the kingdom builders, and you're saying to me, there are no offerings left to take. No, Pastor Tom got it all. My wallet is empty. You know, when I served in Indonesia, you know, we'd go to like an Indonesian church service, me and Liz and our three daughters, and 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 sometimes they would take up three and four offerings in the thing, and there was like no apps or anything. They would kind of stand there and wait until you gave something, you know. Well, if I didn't have enough bills in my billfold... Many times I gave everything I had, literally, okay? So you may be feeling that way right now. It's like, okay, we've taken up all these offerings, but this is what the faith promise is all about. When you've got nothing, when all of a sudden it seems like I've got nothing more to give, the Lord wants you to be involved in faith promise because it's believing God for what doesn't yet exist. And I know that under the circumstances we've been in in the last year, we've been hit economically, we've been hit physically, we've been hit emotionally. We feel like the tank is empty, but a faith promise says, with God, the tank is never empty. It's never empty. And the beautiful thing about the faith promise when we talk about it in relation to kingdom builders is that it's all uh, funds that are sown into reaching the never reached, into, into supporting our missionaries that are out on the field. And if you watched my video there a minute and you started to feel moved, I'm not only here for your money, I'm here for your life as well. And so if you are saying to yourself, I think God might be calling me to missions, I'm I'm sure any missionary out there in that lobby will tell you that missions is now for everybody. You know, it used to be years ago, well, it was for pastors, you know, reverends, ordained people, whatever it might be. I'm here to tell you that that's changed. Missions is now for everybody, and God needs you in his mission field. I know that we've got one right here in Fort Lauderdale. I know that we've got one in the state of Florida. I know we got one in the United States. But on those videos, there are places and peoples that in all of human history are waiting for the first time to get a church, for the first time to hear the words that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And so the faith promise for you today might be that God is speaking to you about giving your whole life to this thing. Well, I better get to my sermon, right? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I want to read a story to you in God's word. Uh, Acts chapter 12. It's a little long, but I think it's, it's worth us hearing this whole story. I, and so, by the way, I'm going to try to do two things today. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about faith promises. I, I hope and pray that I'll inspire you to get involved in faith promises and in kingdom builders. But I'm also, I got a word from the Lord for you. 
So I heard from the Lord. As a matter of fact, I, I was almost going to like deliver another sermon to Pastor Tom and the staff here and say this is what I'm preaching. But, but it was like, nope, this is what I got to tell you. Okay, so I'm here to tell you something. All right. Acts chapter 12. Title of the message is Living by Faith. But um, Acts chapter 12 Interesting things going on. It says in verse 1, About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said. And then he went to another place. At dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him. When he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards and sentenced them to death. Afterward, Herod left Judea to stay in Caesarea for a while. May God add his blessing to the word this morning. Four things I want to share with you about these verses, and it's about living by faith. I just kind of in my introduction talked about the idea that kingdom builders and faith promises are living by faith, and that living by faith should be our guiding light regardless of what the circumstances are that are all around us. And so the first thing I want to say about living by faith is that living by faith is full of the unexpected. 
I want you to know that so many times in our lives, we want to live by faith, but we are then directed or dictated by the circumstances that are all around us. And when you are a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to know that when you live by faith, regardless of the unexpected that goes on around us, we have to keep keep going forward and building the kingdom of God. You know, Pastor Tom, it would have been easy to say, you know, it's 2021 and we've been through this horrible year. Let's take a break from kingdom builders. Let's take a break from planting the seeds of the gospel around the world. I'm glad you said no to that. I'm glad that regardless of these unexpected circumstances going on around us, there's been a decision to say, no, we will continue to build this church because the lost are still the lost. And they're still in places all over the world. So what was unexpected about what was happening here, you know, you've got to realize that there were some difficult things going on in the early church. You know, we read the book of Acts and we say, hey, why couldn't things be like that again? You know, that was wonderful. Yeah, well, James got his head chopped off. Went that to sink in for a minute early part of those verses. And this wasn't just like some guy named James. This was one of the big three. You know, there was Peter, James, and John, one of these three amazing disciples. And here, the the apostle James, and by the way, he died by the sword. They didn't say it, but what it meant was they took the sword and they cut his head off. Can you imagine how the church felt at that time when one of their main leaders had their heads chopped off? I want you to know that the unexpected continues to happen around the world and in the places where we serve and in the places where we plant the church and in the places where we're distributing food and in the places where we're trying to save people who are in deep trouble. I want you to know that people are still being persecuted, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is still under the same kind of pressure it was under in the book of Acts in chapter 12. Living by faith means that even though there's unexpected things going on around us, we continue to live by faith. Peter and his friends had made a decision that regardless of the fact that James was taken and killed, Peter was now in the same circumstances as James. We talk about doing missions now around the world and we need to continue to do that. And yet some of you are looking at your own situation and looking at what's happening right here in our own country. And some of you are saying, man, I'm feeling some of those pressures myself and I don't know what to do about it. Live by faith. Live by faith in the unexpected. Live that no matter what happens, God is in control of this thing. Second point, this is very important. Stay calm while living by faith. So number one, you live by faith in the midst of the unexpected. Number two, stay calm while living by faith. You know, I love this story. So can you imagine now, James is killed, Peter is taken into prison, and he's going to go on trial the next morning, okay? And he's in prison, and he's going to go on trial, and God sends an angel to rescue him. And of course... Angels are like, you know, they, they're like kind of, they have these bright lights around them, you know? And so the angel kind of goes into Peter's cell and he's like, ta-da. He's there to rescue Peter. He's going to go on trial and probably get his head chopped off the next morning. And what's Peter doing? 
I mean, if I was the angel, I'd be like, can you believe this? You're supposed to be worried. You're supposed to be, you know, how many of you would sleep if the next morning you were going to get your head chopped off, right? (laughs) I mean, come on. So it's like so bad that even with the light and it's like, I'm here to save you. Peter's asleep. He's like, okay, Peter, wake up. While living by faith, stay calm. Now, and I'm going to read a little bit into this, but I think there's two reasons why Peter stayed calm in the midst or or while he lived by faith. Number one, I think it's because he knew that he belonged to God and that God had a good plan. All right. Can I just tell you this morning, for those of you here, for those of you watching online, that uh, God has a good plan for your life? That if you are truly one of his followers, he's got a good plan. We may look at what's happening around us and the circumstances, but God has a good plan. Sometimes I personally feel overwhelmed by the numbers of places and people that haven't heard the gospel. It weighs me down at times, and yet I've got to keep reminding myself that God is in charge of this thing, and God has a good plan. He's got a good plan. As you live by faith, I want you to know that he has a good plan for your life. I also want to say here that I believe that he stayed calm while living by faith. The second uh, reason why I believe he could do that is that he knew that ultimately his home was not here on earth. How many of you like living in Fort Lauderdale area, you know, uh, South Florida here? Come on, right? It's like, yes, Lord, I want to go to heaven, but not right now. I got lunch plans, okay? You know, I heard there's good Cuban food around here, you know. <laughs> I only heard that, you know. I want to try some, you know. Uh, you know, we, we get a little bit too comfortable. We enjoy our life a little bit too much. And then when something like a pandemic comes along and disrupts us, all of a sudden the calm disappears, you know, I, I think that when it came down to part of the, the whole pandemic, I was asking myself some questions. And I think that what happened to people in general was they asked themselves the question, what if I get this and I die? Peter was laying in that cell at night saying to himself, what if I wake up tomorrow morning and they take my head off? And yet he was able to sleep because he knew that his, that his home was not Jerusalem. His home was not the country where he lived. His home was in heaven for all of eternity with Jesus Christ. And if you're here today or watching online I want to just say that if you don't have assurance that your home is heaven... I want you to be calm and know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and he rose again from the dead. And friends, we've got to believe that. That's the thing that has to anchor us in our life and keep us calm in the storm. The third thing I want you to know is that we need to pray earnestly while uh, living by faith. So in the story here, you've got... Um, you know, this, these terrible circumstances, Peter's remaining calm, but all the believers gathered together and began to pray. How many of you believe that prayer can make a difference? That prayer can change things? 
I know you do because you've got a daily prayer meeting on Facebook that I get a reminder for every day that CLC is praying. And I want you to know that when you pray, God can change things. And the believers knew we can't advocate to the government. We can't advocate to the people holding Peter. There's nothing we can do. We can only advocate to the Father who is in heaven. Can I encourage you, as you see these missionaries that were standing across the front, every single one of them could tell you stories where they knew that they knew that they knew that circumstances were changing because people here were praying for them as they served in their roles around the world. Can't tell you how many times over the years people have come to me and said, you know, uh, I was awoke at two o'clock in the morning and I was praying for you. A little harder for us over in Asia because our time difference was 12 hours, you know. So, you know, I'd always be like, you know, hey, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it's 2 o'clock in the morning back on the East Coast, you know. People would get woke up in the middle of the night and pray. They prayed earnestly. So this is a part where I know kingdom builders and faith promises, you know, it's about making a material commitment. I'm going to hit that at the end of the message here. But I want to say that there should be a commitment on your part beyond the finances to storm the gates of heaven for a lost and dying world. You can give $25 for a girl in Haiti, but will you pray for her? You can give $20 for a course in Kenya, but will you pray for those young men and young women who will plant churches in the nation of Kenya? Money without prayer doesn't have the same impact and the same strength. And so if we would storm the gates of heaven earnestly before God, I believe our reality would change. You know, at the end of 2020... I was feeling pretty down about circumstances and everything that happened. You know, uh, Liz and I, our role now, we served Indonesia for 23 years, largest Muslim country in the world, and now leading the 400 missionaries that are in Asia and the Pacific. And towards the end of 2020, I'm like, Lord, something has to break here. And so for the region of Asia Pacific, the, the missionaries and others, I declared a breakthrough prayer week. And I said, everybody's going to gather with their, uh, with their teams. Everybody's going to gather by their areas. And then we're going to have one final big regional prayer retreat. And I want every missionary to submit two prayer requests, one personal and one ministry uh, request um, that they need a breakthrough and something that you've been praying through all of 2020 and saying, God, we need a breakthrough in this area. And so we storm the gates of heaven. Now, um, we had uh, a missionary, I, you know, I'm the leader, so I got to like look all these prayer requests over, right? So when we, uh, about a year ago, we had a couple come through, uh, and I love when missionary couples come through for interviews. They came through for their interview, and the wife held up a piece of paper with pencil drawing on it, and she said, I saw this two years ago in a dream from the Lord and I wrote it down. I didn't know what it was. Felt called to missions, but I got this image and it was so strong that I wrote it down. And when I 
put, looked for like places on the map where this could line up. It lined up with a province in a country that I can't mention uh, either publicly or online, but it lined up with this province. I mean, exactly to the, to the exact lines. And she said, you know, God is calling our family to go there. Now, I was probably a little bit more like, you know, some of the others, you know, I, I was a little bit incredulous over it. Because in that province, in the capital of that province, in all of human history, there's no church and no Christians. And we've never been able to get a residency permit or anything. And so as I'm reading through Breakthrough Prayer Week that, you know, big leader Jeff instituted, I'm reading this thing and I'm like, that's not going to happen. No, I need a breakthrough. I not only need to get into a country that's closed because of COVID, I also want to live in that province, in that capital city, and I want God to provide a visa. Yeah, too big. This is not going to happen. So we have Breakthrough Prayer Week, right? And I mean, we've got 400 men and women of faith storming the gates of heaven saying, God, this reality can change. And within three days of the end of Breakthrough Prayer Week, out of the blue, somebody called them and they not only have a visa, they've got a platform and they're going to be able to get in. And I'm telling you, it's my biggest miracle for 2021. Praying earnestly will change the reality of the world that we live in we cannot discount it prayer is sometimes hard to do but the believers here began to pray earnestly for Peter and that's why my final point this morning is somehow believe that God will show up while living by faith there's a lot of unbelief in this passage by the way a lot um, you know it starts with Peter the great apostle I mean, he gets out of prison. He's walking down the street, okay? And he, the Bible even says, as Peter walked down the street, he's like, this is not happening. This is not happening. This can't be happening. And the angel disappears and he goes, okay, that just happened. <laughs> you know, and here I am. So where do you go when you have a prison break, right? Hallelujah. Well, you go to the place where everybody who's praying for the prison break is. Doesn't that make sense? So he, you know, trucks out there in the middle of the night and he's pounding on the door saying, let me in. You know, it's Peter and, and Rhoda, the servant girl, you know, she comes to the thing. She, I guess, looks through the little hole and she's like, oh my goodness, it's Peter. And she runs into the back room where everybody's praying earnestly for Peter. And she says, Peter is at the door. And they're like, You've gone out of your mind. You're totally crazy. Don't bother us. We're praying right now for Peter. Hallelujah. God, move on Peter's behalf. Oh, Lord, can you please release Peter from prison? Don't bother us right now. So not only did they not believe her the first time, but then they said, it must be his angel. Did you pick up that in the story? Okay. So there was this belief back in those days that people believed your guardian angel looked like you. Now, if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will, right? No, think about that a minute. You know, if you're sitting next to your spouse, say, is it really you sitting next to me? Or, you know, is that your friend? Is that really you or is that your angel, right? Really, when I, when I act really good as a husband, my wife is like, is that you or is that your angel? Come on. 
So, you know, these people so didn't believe that they not only didn't believe that Peter was out of prison, they more readily believed it was an angel than it was really him. Thank God for the servant girl, right? Hallelujah. A woman of faith, hallelujah, right? No, she wouldn't let it go. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, it is Peter. You need to go to the door. You need to see for yourself that God can do unbelievable things. And finally, they let him in and said, wow, it really did happen. How many of you would like to have a really did happen moment in your life? You know, I want to say that I believe the pandemic has chained the church to some unbelief. And I'm here to break it today in the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm not predicting an end to anything or a change to anything, but I am predicting this, that if we would believe God would do amazing things for us in our time, it is our time. It's our time. You know, I know that I started out today by talking about, you know, your, your, your faith promises. I said, you know, hey, we've taken up all the offerings and, you know, there's nothing left to give. I wonder if when you look at that kingdom builders card, you wouldn't say, Lord, I'm going to align my life. I'm going to align my finances with believing you that even though I don't have it, that I'm going to make a commitment to this. I know some of you make regular monthly commitments to missions. I commend you. But there are those of you here today and those of you watching online that have never made a faith promise. I challenge you to make a faith promise and say, God, I'm putting this down. Now you provide for it. When you align yourself with God's purposes, I want you to know God will come in in a big way. I'm going to close with a, with a story. You know, when Liz and I served in Indonesia, we uh, planted churches. That's what we did. We believed what Pastor Tom was saying before about Kenya, that like the best way that we could, you know, help a community is by putting a community of faith there and winning people to Christ and then having them evangelize their neighbors and, and, and do the things that the church needs to do and should do. Liz and I did that around Indonesia. And then after we had had some persecution and some other things happen, we felt like we should stay in a particular city and start an international church, which we did. So we started this international church and, you know, we are serving now in a city that is, you know, uh, 95 plus percent, uh, you know, not only not Christian, but sometimes even uh, not in favor of Christianity at all. It was difficult to even find a place to meet. So we, we, we had moved around to some temporary places and the church was growing. People were getting saved. And we found a mall that was kind of underutilized, to say the least. It was almost like a ghost town, abandoned. And we were managed to rent a large space there. We knocked out the walls and, you know, provided a great space for the church to meet. And, you know, it's kind of like when God's people are someplace, do you know that God's blessing follows that? So we're in this space that was like basically a a ghost town. And now all of a sudden, uh, banks are opening up. Restaurants are opening up. I mean, you know, I talked about one or two restaurants from the pulpit. And I had restaurants owners coming to me saying, if you'll talk about my restaurant in your sermon, I would deeply appreciate it, you know. (laughs) 
So, but the place is booming. I mean, it's just booming. And we're in there. We're, God is moving too. I just want to say along the way, God is moving. You know, people that couldn't go to a church, you know, they would go to the mall and sneak in, you know, and give their lives to Jesus, right? Uh, you know, people would be like, hey, where are you? Where are you going every Sunday? They're like, to the mall, you know. So they're sliding in. People are getting saved. Amazing things are happening. And, and as these amazing things were happening outside of the seven other churches that Liz and I planted, out of those churches, another 130 churches are opened up around the country, right? So now God is like moving on me and saying, hey, you know, these are churches in poor areas. Would, would your church, you know, w- would you build a hundred churches? So I announced this to the church. I'm like, okay, you know, our kingdom builders is going to be that we are going to build a hundred churches. Now, I, and it, you know, a price tag on one was $10,000. So at the end of the service, uh, at the end of announcing that, um, somebody came up to me and said, uh, Pastor Jeff, you've got two big problems with your plan. You know, you love that when you're a pastor. He's like, two big problems. Problem number one, did you do the math? And I'm like, I am not a math guy. I'm a faith guy. Hallelujah. You know, when you do missions, it's like, it's faith. And she's like, well, I just want you to know that I did 10,000 times 100 and that's a million dollars and we don't have a million dollars. What are you even thinking? We're a poor country. This is a poor place. How dare you ask us for a million dollars? And I'm like, yeah, you got a good point there. You know, but don't you know that God's got a million dollars, right? He's got this. She said, problem number two, we don't even own our own church yet. We're still in a rented facility. So you mean to tell me we're going to build a hundred churches for others while we're still living in a rented facilities? That's not the way it works. We build our own first and then we help others out of our abundance. And I said, that's not the way God's economy works. When it comes to missions and faith promising, what it means is we're stepping out saying, God, we're going to get on board with your plan. We're going to get on board with what you want to do. And when we look at others, God provides for us. Amen. So everything is going great. And we started our building program and started building these churches. And by the way, we weren't going to build like a hundred in a year. Matter of fact, I think they just completed number 70 since I've been, you know, absent. So it was over, you know, a 10 year or more period. So... I, we're, we're now moving along, and the general manager of the building came to me and said, uh, by the way, we've noticed that everything around is building up, and the property that we gave you for practically nothing to rent is now so valuable that we could get 20 times what you're paying in rent, and so we're kicking you out. <laughs> Now, I got like a five-year lease, right? And of course, being American, I'm like, I'm going to get a lawyer and I'm going to, you know, and, and my church members pulled me back and they're like, actually, the owner of this property is a very powerful man and he could even have you assassinated. So what do you do in a church business meeting when they say the pastor's going to get assassinated? You pray, okay? If that ever happens here, Pastor Tom, you want people to pray, right? So we start to pray. We start to believe God. And we're saying, Lord, you know, the only person we can advocate to is you. And so I made an appointment to see the owner of the building through somebody. I went there and saw him. He's not a Christian. He's not a believer. I sat there and I really said, look, I realize you could take this from us. 
We don't have the power to do anything about this, I said. But we've been good clients. We've always paid our rent on time and everything else like that. And I said, and in the back of the mall, there's a parking garage with six stories. The top is usually open. I'm wondering if you'll let me build a church on top of the parking garage. Well, he was kind of quiet. He didn't say anything, you know, and he dismissed me after a little while. And I didn't think I had gotten anywhere with him. But two weeks later, I got one of those little tubes that was delivered to my office. And it was the blueprints for a 1,000 seat sanctuary, a 200 seat small auditorium, offices, 12 Sunday school rooms that he had his architects draw up for us. Pretty miraculous, huh? Well, it gets better. He built the entire thing with his own money. You see, I was busy building churches in poor villages. I was busy taking care of God's business. I was not worrying about what permanent home I was going to have or what was going to happen. I was saying, Lord, I am most concerned about those girls in Haiti, about those missionaries on the field, about those courses in Kenya, about those things. That's where my heart and my concerns were. And so, Lord, take care of everything. Take care of the rest for me. And God will do that for you as you make a faith promise commitment and say, I don't have it but I can believe for it. If you make a faith promise in this kingdom builders, I just want to say it's going to be the greatest adventure. You're going to see God do things. If you want to get into the miraculous, believe that the miraculous can happen. And you've got to get out there and, and, and try something if you want to see. You know, sometimes we're like, I'm not going to make the commitment. I'm just going to believe for the miracle. It doesn't work like that. You make the commitment and you say, God, do the miracle now. It's now yours. And when it becomes his, and this mission is his, I just want to say he'll take care of you and what he does around the world. So just bow your heads with me. I'm going to just close in prayer. And Pastor Tom is going to come. Um, Just as we're closing in prayer, you know, for those of you that are online, I just want you to bow and have a quiet moment as well there in your living room or your house or your car, wherever you're listening from. But today, Lord, we come before you in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus. Forgive us for our unbelief, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would break the chains of unbelief that this pandemic has caused in our lives. And today on this Kingdom Builders Sunday, we cast them off in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, we believe you for miracles around the world. We believe you for miracles here in South Florida, oh God. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, I pray blessing upon those who've been exercising their faith and faith promises, Lord. I pray for those who right now are at that moment of decision saying, should I commit to something monthly here even though I don't have it? Lord, let faith arise in their hearts, oh God, and help them put their lives, their finances in alignment with you, oh Lord. At the moment of decision, right now, speak to their hearts, Lord, whether it's here in this room today or whether it is online, Lord. So we love you so much, Lord Jesus. We commit this word to you. 
And we ask it now in Jesus' name. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.